filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. So I did a thing uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Clay Trainum uh, from Nashville, a, a fan of Nashville SC and podcaster for pharmaceutical soccer, also my cousin. He texted me after the show and said, "Hey, have you seen this?" And it's a link to a T-shirt. Wait, has- Adam, Adam, you you respond? You clicked a link in a text that just said, "Hey, have you seen this?" From my cousin. Hello, Hello MBS. Uh, it was not a a it it was not in a please enter your social security number and credit card number no i think he said it had more context than that it was from my cousin clay saying hey that conversation on the podcast like it was very clear that it was above board but it's a link to a a t-shirt that has the world's greatest riverboat gambling sports mascot, Ace Purple, playing soccer. He, he's better the than the other Ace Purple. 250 riverboat gambler <laughs> mascots. <laughs> the fact that nobody on this podcast can think of one doesn't mean, well, it, it means that there's not one better than Ace Purple, frankly. <laughs> um, so, so I bought the shirt and it, it arrived and I wore it this weekend and it is glorious. Adam has been talking to us about this for days now. And he's not wearing it. He's wearing a green sweater again. Probably the same green sweater. Yeah, it's the the green shirt from the the episode where we all had green shirts. But now you and I, Ben, have moved on. Adam has not. I wore Um, a different shirt last week. I don't know if Adam owns other clothes. (laughs) You've seen me in other clothes. And I just told you, I just bought other clothes. I literally bought. Okay, I take it back. I don't know if Adam wears other clothes. He may own other clothes. You've seen me wearing other clothes. clothes. On one hand, I have seen Adam in person in within this week uh, wearing not this shirt. But on the other hand, maybe I didn't. What if I told you this was a uh, video conference filter that makes me appear to oh, wear this shirt? I thought you, you were going to say that this was a tattoo, that just it's an optical illusion. <laughs> so then it looks as if you're wearing a shirt. Uh, and depending on where what angle you're at, it actually shows shadows, but it's all just a trick of the eye. I actually prefer the economics of somebody developing a green green pullover Instagram filter, which would never, ever happen. That you can use on a live yeah. conference. Listen, um, if you're an app developer and you're listening to the show and you want to sponsor the show, filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. We will all do subject line green shirt. Yeah, we will. We will spam all of our Instagram followers with uh, your Instagram green shirt fo- uh, uh, filter. As I, long as it's second, not like a founder's jersey. It took me a second to think of filter because I don't I'm bad at Instagram because I'm 37. Hey, hey, welcome in. This is 
filibuster the black and red united and green shirt filter podcast i'm adam taylor joined as always by jason anderson ben bromley we are all from black where we talk about dc united and that is of course what we talk about on this show as well uh here in the first segment we're gonna give a little update on dc united through uh the most recent preseason game and uh, an open training that Jason attended today. It's Tuesday as we record this. In the second segment, we will bring on uh, our good friend Pablo Maurer from The Athletic to talk jerseys and TV deal and roster build and, and whatever else happens to, to come up. Before we do any of that, though, Ben, what are you drinking? Uh, I went with, uh, again, a whiskey sour just because it's easy to make and my fridge is mostly empty, but we always have simple syrup and citrus juice and whiskey. Uh, I am drinking a chocolate stout from uh, Trader Joe's off-brand, Boson, um, which, of course, is spelled Boatswain. Boatswain, yeah. Boatswain is is how it's spelled, Uh, but Boson is... for some reason, how it's pronounced. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not bad for a, uh, a like $3 for a six pack chocolate stout. Adam, are you, are you swaining any boats today? I am not. Uh, if I was going to be swaining any boats, I'd be sure to put on my boat shoes and I don't have them on right now. Oh, okay. terrible. <laughs> the word, the word has too many letters and the shoes are not great. Are you sure you're from Maryland specifically? Are you sure you're from Anne Arundel County? <laughs> I am from Maryland and I went to high school in Annapolis where the one, the national sailing hall of fame actually is there. And I feel like the boat shoes hall of fame should be like a towering building that hovers over even the state house, quite frankly. Um, but it I mean, are they going to kick you out of Anne Arundel County for boat blasphemy? I think I've earned my Maryland bona fides enough that I'm I'm left to be critical of the boat shoes uh, mafia. When when Audi's naming rights deal on uh, Audi Field runs out and and Sperry's uh, <laughs> gets the naming rights, right. I, I Outsiders Field. I, this is a true story from real life. When I was in <laughs> high school. 1999 to 2000, my senior year in high school, Sperry's developed or built a boat that was shaped like a Sperry's topside. Oh, no. And it just hung out in Annapolis all the time for months. And so at one point, after after our senior prank, which is a whole other thing, at one point we talked about once we got our diplomas, instead of throwing our, um, what's the graduation hat name? Yes. Yes. But rather than throwing that skyward and possibly getting impaled by the spiky corners, uh, we talked about possibly running down. There's a little hill from where we're being, where we're uh, doing the graduation ceremony at. We talked about running down the hill and swimming to this various topsider boat and taking it by force. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't have control over where the boat would be. Um, and so we abandoned that plan. Um, graduation piracy is what you were for, contemplating. For that reason and only that reason. <laughs> Boat shoe piracy. Anyway, Jason, what are you drinking tonight? So I set out to make a margarita. That was my plan uh, when I when I was like, it's time to make a drink for the show. I'm going to make a margarita. So I poured my Grand Marnier into my shaker 
and I poured my tequila into my shaker and I went to the fridge and saw that I didn't have limes. I forgot to buy limes. I didn't go to the lime store um, to purchase limes. The only place you can purchase limes, the lime store. Um, so I was like, all right, I got to think real quick. What, what else can I do here? Because I've already put ingredients in the thing. I'm already committed. Um, so I pulled out my phone and was searching for uh, margarita recipes without limes. And a bunch of them kicked back. There were a bunch of results for lemon margaritas. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then all the recipes, it's the exact margarita proportions you know and love. Three, two, one. Except the two or, or the one instead of lime juice is just lemon juice. Um, completely unoriginal, mm-hmm. not not thoughtful. Um, but I was, you know, it was like we start this. We try and start at nine and it was like 8.59. So it was like, I, I'm doing it. Um so I, I kind of I added a little less lemon juice because I thought it might be a little too much. Um, so I have that in there. Um, and then I shook that up and I was like, you know what else I can do? Um, Lizzie Bescherano, our um, beat writer, uh, recap writer for the site. Um, we did a little spice exchange. Uh, Lizzie hails from Mexico. So she gifted me a bottle of uh, Miguelito, which is a spice blend that you put on fruit generally. Um, hmm. I gifted her Old Bay, uh, the spice of my people, uh, Maryland. <laughs> um, and so I, ha- I was, I'm shitting, I, I'm shaking the the liquids in my shaker, and I'm looking at the miguelito, and I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta rim the glass real quick with uh, some miguelito, um, which I later have, I've, I've since come to find out was a good idea. She, t- she told me this was a good, a good way to do to use this product. Um, so yeah, I had a weird lemon margarita. Um, I, I forgot somewhere in there. I also added a splash of mezcal because it, it became an adventure. Um, <laughs> I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I just couldn't fall asleep. So I'm kind of looping out a little bit. Um, it actually turned out okay. But as you guys can testify to when I first sat down with the drink, I took a sip of it and said, guys, I need to leave the show for a second. Cause I gotta go <laughs> add something to this. Um, can not enough lemon juice, uh, cutting the lemon juice actually just made it it was like too much Grand Marnier, too thick. Um, so I just came and added the rest of the lemon juice that would have made the proportions exactly three, two, one. And all of a sudden actually pretty good. Glad to hear it. Um, I don't have any follow-up questions to that. No, you pretty <laughs> much answered, answered them all. I've had a lot to say in the last like three to four minutes. <laughs> um, well, we now have less than three weeks until DC United kicks off their 2020 MLS campaign for real against the Colorado Rapids at Audi Field. So uh, it's time to get focused now if you are DC United and if you're us. Um, it, a lot has happened this offseason. We recapped it a few a few weeks ago. Um, a lot of players in, a lot of players out, a lot of players what have you. Um we also now have preseason games to talk about. The first two don't really want to talk about that much, I don't think. Uh, but they, the team did get their first win of the postseason, or sorry, preseason last week. Uh, one nothing over Louisville City. Uh, Loudon United player Michael Gamble with the the goal there. Um, none of us could actually see it. We were recapping based on uh, Twitter accounts and. I, I don't even know what else. Possibly uh, some some divination happening, some tea leaves, uh, some. Uh, we, we did get one brief, uh, delightful video from uh, the Gressel Mania Twitter account. 
Yes. Um, uh, Gresselmania affiliated in some way with Julian Gressel, perhaps officially since that person was in attendance for the game and could post a brief video of Julian Gressel doing something. Um, that was it. That was the highlights package was one pass that it was a pretty good pass. We'll give him that. Well, we do know that the team is playing four, two, three, one, or it seems that they're playing something like a four, two, three, one, uh, through, through the preseason games. We might learn more if they, any of these games in the second stint in Florida are, are telecast in some way and, Please, DC United, make that happen because we're we're desperate here. <laughs> Please, I can't I can't wait till the 29th to watch soccer. I'm I'm gonna be a wreck by then. And it is in this moment of weakness by me that Jason returns to his pirate roots and um, well, takes well, over the show. Well, but before I take over the show, I just uh, <laughs> I think with with this the hesitant pirate. Well, I, I just want to point out that we had a couple interesting substitute appearances since I I spent I, I'm like the only person on the, in the entire world that paid close attention to this game because uh, I've decided that our site policy is to write a recap regardless of uh, whether there's a video of a, a game policy from uh, mythical Jacksonville friendly days yeah but I mean that's really where it comes from if if you for our listeners that don't know what that means, the Jacksonville thing, just type in DC United, Fulham, Black and Red United in Google, and you'll see the recap of our attempt to recap a um, uh, possibly hallucinatory friendly uh, against Fulham that was played in Jacksonville, Florida for... To inaugurate a TV screen. Yes, that's actually why it was played. Um, I guess the the things that are interesting to me from this game is that um, this was Junior Moreno's first uh, preseason action coming off of a, um, apparently, according to Steve Goff, there was an offseason uh, hernia procedure of some sort. So he played 33 minutes. Um, Eric Sorga played 33 minutes after being there for like, he, at this point, he was with the team for like day. two days. Um, he basically had time to like sleep a couple times and then get up and play a soccer game. Um, he played 33 minutes. Um Paul Ariola, fresh off of allowing Ulysses Yanez to take a penalty with the national team, uh, took a penalty for DC and had it saved. Um, no idea how good or bad a penalty he took because, again, we did not get to see the game. We don't know what was going on. Um, but yeah, that, that that's pretty much it. The fact that um, when you you know when you look at the lineup, you have guys like. Carter Manley, uh, who we've talked about as a trialist right back, has played midfield and, as we're about to get into, played midfield in training again. Um, that's curious, um, but that's about it. Uh, just just those things from staring at Twitter and, and refreshing feverishly for a couple hours and, and maybe burning that game into my head. Um, I guess it's a that's healthy it. lifestyle we chose, Jason. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that. Sometimes I think maybe maybe it was all a mistake. Um, but anyway, I guess now I have to pose as host of the show uh, when I'm clearly in a state. Um, this is your right. choice, man. It was. This was my idea. I suggested this. Adam and Ben were like, no, it's a good idea. Um, all right. So I was at training um, and we're going to I'm going to bring up some things that were that I saw Adam and Ben haven't heard any of this and they're just going to have to react to what I'm saying. Um, so we'll start here. We'll start with a big picture something that we tend to talk about a lot on. Hold on, Jason. Yep. Is this a, 
lightning round? We're, we're not there yet. I, I'll I'll give you a hint when it's lightning round. And by hint, I mean I will use uh, our uh, audio software and I will type a message telling you that lightning round is it's time for lightning round. And then you can say lightning round in the way that only you can say. Um, and I didn't even really say it just then. You d- yeah, you didn't really give it the full the full I lightning. Didn't. Trying well, to put a question mark at the end of lightning round is um that's a difficult task. It, it, your your body doesn't want to do that. No. It's it's, it's yeah. It breaks anyway. the language. All right, first thing first. Um we talk about formations a lot on this show. DC played 4231 last year. It appears from their preseason games they played 4231 there. Today at training, and, and really from Ben Olsen's comments throughout the preseason, it appears that that's not set in stone. They worked on four two three one, but they also worked on a four one four one that might even just be a regular old four three three. If you go on Twitter, if you look at um, Charlie Baum's Twitter account, which at C Boehm, um, he tweeted out a photo that kind of captures what they were up to during that phase of training. Um, this was a group that pressed high. They were also working about playing out of a press. Um, and the second team, the guy, the, cause it was the, the first group was basically the starters minus Edison Flores and possibly Emil Assad. The second group was playing a traditional four, three, three. So I'm, I'm curious to know your guys reaction. The fact that if anything, it almost seems like the team kind of wants to really give that a look, the uh, different, uh, a different approach from four, two, three, one. So my question is, who was in that central midfield? Uh, when they switched uh, from away from four two three one, Junior Moreno was the deep deep man for most of it, and Felipe and Julian Gressel uh, were the central midfielders. Paul Ariola was out on the right, um, and Ulysses Segura was out on the left. So my next question is, where do what? you think? Edison Flores fits into that. That's because I think a, I think at that point he's a left winger. He might be because you could easily say, okay, you're a left winger defensively, but you know when we've got the ball, you can cut in and occupy the half space or straight up cut into the middle. Um, yeah, because and that Adam whole- is doing a. Adam is doing a very bad job of giving up hosting. He's trying to rehost <laughs> your host takeover. <laughs> That's true. I'm asking questions instead of just, just like, throwing takes just like, out there. It's just like DC United. We've got some versatility, and we're we're trading roles as the game goes on. Um, but we also uh, always go back to our original roles. Yeah, eventually, eventually we're we're destined to our uh, our fate. All right. So uh, yeah, I'll just say it. So Edison Flores sounds like he would be in Segura's spot that you described there, uh, starting off on the left, and that's where he started his time with Morelia. That's where he spends his time with Peru as well. Um, so it makes him, there's definitely some logic there that allows you to get Ariola on the right and Gressel into the middle. Maybe you, Assad can play anywhere along those, those roles. Um, and he looks, I mean, he's, he's out injured right now, but he comes back. Maybe he can play either as a, as a super sub or, if, if somebody's hurt or just needs a spell, um, there'll be plenty of minutes to go around over the course of the season. So I like it. I, I like pressing at this point in history. 
Um, I think it's a necessary tactic to succeed in MLS. So if Ben Olsen thinks the team can press better out of a 4-3-3 than a 4-2-3-1, just inverting that midfield triangle and pushing the wings up higher. I I think that might be right. So yeah, I I'm, I'm might, interested to see it. I think it might play, might play to the advantages of the team where they have a lot of, or they have a good amount of good wingers right now. Uh, I am just worried that if you have one deep midfielder, it puts Russell Knauss in a tough spot positionally. Uh, he could play as a uh, higher up midfielder in a four, three, three, but it, it'd be a rougher go for him, I think, than uh, in a four-two-three-one. So if he's at right back, it may not matter anyways, and that might be a good way to compensate. But uh, I, do, I do think it works well into the amount of investment they've put in their wingers so far this year. Uh, I will add um, to what Ben said here that uh, Canals was playing right back in this Otherwise, more or less a, I wouldn't say this is the starting lineup for Colorado, but I would say that this is a, a look at what could be um, at this point in time. Um, moving on to something else that I saw that was really interesting. Um, whenever teams try and play out of the back, we see different attempts to build out. Um, we see some teams uh, like to bring that number six between the center backs and then their fullbacks step up high. Um, DC did try some of that. There was a stretch of time where they were working on that. Um, by the way, the St. James is such a big facility that there's a full sized field in there that you could play 11 on 11 and do this kind of thing. Um, which has never stopped being weird to me. Um, so they did that. Um, and that's only like a 10th of the building. Yeah. The building is gigantic. It's like a convention center, um, size building. It's insane. Um, but yeah, so they had, with both formations, both four two three one, and whether you want to call it four three three or four one four one. Um, by the way, in years past, I think it was more clearly not four three three. This time, a little different. Um, but they had both Moreno and Felipe spend moments where it was their job to that person's job to drop in. Um, they also had moments where they left their six higher in the midfield. Um, and kind of gave Bill Hamid taking a goal kick. He had the option of, do you want to build out with a long ball? Is the long ball on? Or do you want to kind of invite the high press with a shorter goal kick to a fullback or a center back? That's just, um, cause now, you know, this year in MLS, we'll have the, um, the FIFA rule change that wasn't in place last season because it came in place during the summer where you can receive a goal kick inside the box. Exactly. So if for our listeners that have been watching the premier league or watched the, the women's world cup last summer and were like, what what was happening here? um, That's what's happening. Um, And so there were occasions where they invited the high press and the idea was invite the high press, break that line to one of the two holding midfielders that have stayed up high because now you've bypassed three or four guys with, if you can play out of that press, you, you, you know, it's a risk, but it comes with a big benefit. Um, there was also, I'll just throw in before I leave it to you guys to comment about this. Uh, there was a really intricate, um, rehearsed movement. It didn't quite come off because part of the reason that these things don't come off in training is that everyone on both teams knows the movement. So they know what's coming and they react to that. Um, but an opposing team might not know it's coming, but where I'm talking about 
like Russell Canales and Paul Ariola switching spots, Julian Gressel moving out of the 10. Um, a lot of stuff was going on, a lot of moving parts. It didn't quite come off, but this might be a, an instance where we're talking about DC getting more creative than just if the press isn't on, we'll play short. And if the press is on, we play long. I would love to see them play short just uh, for many reasons. But one of the main reasons is I would love for Bill Hamid to finally be able to break the mindset that occupies so many national pundits minds that he uh, can't play with his feet and he can only play long. I'd love to see him break uh, press, get it to the, uh, the DC United midfielders and spring attacks that way rather than having to spring medium to long balls. So just for, for many reasons, but uh, especially for Bill Hamid's glory, because I'm, I think he can do it. Uh, I want to see them play short and, and break lines that way. I'm just thinking about who DC United has up high. Um, on the outside or, or even up the middle and that Kamara is a pretty sizable guy. He's not, he's not a, a small fella, but everyone else in the attack is <laughs> pretty small. Yeah. I will, I will give you a little clarification since um, Segura was playing on the left side when they did have, when Hamid more accurately, I, I shouldn't say when they had to, when Hamid opted to go long, his first look was to Segura, who yeah. of that front three um, might be the most aerial, aerially capable. He's not really target winger, but you know, it's not like playing a long ball to Ariola and saying, "Good luck, man." Yeah, and Flores is not much bigger than than Ariola. Assad Flores is, is actually an inch smaller. I think I think it's wow. five seven versus five six. Either way, not guys that are. I mean, Ariola. I mean, wins I think I think Ariola might be a. Better. A generous five seven, but but he he is better in the air than he has any right yes. to be. He's got a Dex McCarty thing exactly. going on. Exactly, that's exactly the name I was going to go for. Um, going back to the midfield for a second, I I know he's not probably not in line to play this year, at least not early on. But I think a four three three really suits Moses Nyman, and the notion of him playing in that the the attacking part of that central three. Uh, that's fun to think about because the the kid's got some sauce and he can, you you picture him in a press and just like him breaking out from a press and getting on the run. And it, it, it would be really fun, uh, especially with guys like Flores and Ariel and Kamara ahead of him. So uh, I'll take that. This was going to be kind of in the lightning round, but you've brought it up in more detail. So it probably deserves to be talked about (laughs) that. That second, now you know, the feeling. I do. Uh, well, the, I took on hosting knowing that things might happen. Um, <laughs> so that second group included um, the the central midfield playing in that 4-3-3. It was Carter Manley was the holding midfielder. And then Moses Nyman was right of center. Uh, Kevin Paredes was left of center. Um, I would say if you had to say who's the 10, who's the 8, it was Paredes was the 10. Nyman was the 8. Mm-hmm. Um, they were... They were really competitive um, and they were quick to their, their, it wasn't just that they were trying hard to press is that they were getting into good spots to do it, um, which is really impressive to me. They're also, despite not being big guys, I mean, they're both teenagers. Niam is only 16 um, and is never going to be a particularly big human being, um, but they're tough. They're, they're, they're not, uh, 
necessarily going to win a bunch of physical battles, but if you expect them to just be pushed aside, uh, it's not going to happen. At one point, um, Paredes went in for a tackle. Um, there was kind of a collision, and he got caught with a stray arm just uh, as the result of them falling the way they did. And even though he got he got popped right right in the teeth, basically, um, he kept playing. There was no like he didn't stay down. He, I mean, he was holding his mouth after the play to like check if he was bleeding, but um, there was no like oh I got hit in the mouth. I have to stop playing. It. I mean, they're these are attacking young players, but they're tough. Uh, they've got a little bit of that um, the personality that you kind of you, you don't always see in young players. They've got that. They're they're not backing down. Uh, or giving deference to the more senior players. Cause like we're talking about a midfield that has Felipe. Um, we're, we're talking about a team <laughs> with like guys that are not messing around. Felipe uh, went in for uh, a challenge that was not dirty at all. It was just like a game level intensity challenge. It was like the, the difference between a couple of weeks ago and this was like, that was the action that really underlined the uh, change in intensity at training was Felipe going in for a tackle and being like, Oh, that's like a, that's like Felipe could put that tackle in against Colorado in a couple of weeks. Um, and it wouldn't be out of line, but yeah, those Nyaman and Paredes, those guys are, they've, they've, I guess, I guess that what I, the best thing I could say is make sure you've got your ESPN plus in place so you can watch Loudon because they are going to do some stuff this year. Well, I hope they are also at DC United because if they are not there, then that just reduces uh, DC United's depth even further and <laughs> makes them need to sign even more players. Yeah, they. Yeah, DC needs to add, even if they sign both trialists, uh, Manly and, and Aaron Mond, they have more work to do. That can't be it. Um, I think above and uh, like, I think we can all agree on that one that they need to do some more. Yeah. Um, I'll have more on that subject on the site in the tomorrow sometime we're recording. And I had a rant about it today on the site. Exactly. So if it's, it's, we're talking about it because you know, you have we're 30 at the point in have, the off season now where we we've had the, the big signings, the splashes yes. have happened and now we're kind of seeing where things are and there, there's some holes that need to be filled and they're not necessarily starter level holes no. though more starting level talent is always appreciated um but that there's definitely you don't make it through an mls season on your first 11 or even right. your first 18 you you have to have depth at every position because players are going to miss games so speaking of depth uh this is actually a handy segue um o'neill <laughs> fisher chris odoyachim uh, they sort of split the 11 v 11 segment of training 50 um, 50 between who's the right back and who's the left back. Um, they were both playing with that second team. As I mentioned before, Canals was the right back on the first team. Joseph Mora predictably was a left back on the first team. Um, but yeah, for the first segment of it, it was Odo Atchum on the right, Fisher on the left, and they switched uh, during the break. Um, so uh, I would say. I didn't keep exact time of it, but it was basically a 50, 50 split. Um, both of them came through no problems. No, neither of them is wearing like a penny that says no physical contact, anything like that. Um, you know, full training and all that. And it seems like it's up in the air. I can see both of them kind of competing for the, for time at fullback, whether uh, at both fullback spots. Um, 
they both played on either side in the past. Um, like Fisher, when he got to DC was considered a left back and then very quickly proved he was better at right back, kind of the anti Chris Corb. Um, I would, I, I have come to accept that Russ Knaus will start the season at right back. I have I would, not. <laughs> I would really love to see him in midfield before I, the end of March. You know who else would like to see him in midfield? Russell Knaus. Yeah. Um, and also, <laughs> I think everyone on this podcast. The answer is everyone. I think even Ben Olsen would prefer to see him in midfield. Um, yeah. And ben Olsen can choose to do that. Yeah. I think Ben Olsen also, if if Ben Olsen thinks that the team is better served by Moreno and Felipe in midfield with Canaus at fullback than it is with Moreno and Canaus in midfield with Fisher or Dewey Atchum at fullback, that's Ben's going to choose what's best for the team on the overall. Ben Olsen can also sign more players. He needs Dave Casper to do that, and they should do that. Um, like, let me let me add that Dave Casper was at training, and he was on his phone almost the entire time. So, I don't know if things are happening, but there's not a lack of effort visibly, at least from the one time I've seen uh, him in person uh, in the last few weeks. Um, of course, I don't know what's going on in those phone calls, but you know, you kind of you you kind of want to uh, forecast in the future. You say, okay the GM is making a bunch of phone calls. That means something, right? So, or he could have been performatively on his phone at training. Cause he knew it was yeah, an open training be. and people were going to be there. It could be. I mean, you know, if you've ever gone past someone handing out stuff on the, the street, handing out flyers, you can uh, hold up your phone and pretend you're on that. And you might not get asked to take the flyer or what have you. Also, if someone asks you to take a flyer, what you do is you tell them, you stick your, both of your hands out and you say, I don't have any hands. And they will be too confused. Uh, my friend, uh, my friend Phil figured this out in college, and it it literally it works every time. I just say no, thank you. No, or I just I take it and then it. put it in. I just take it and put it in the next trash can. See, you want to make it obvious, so you stick them either straight out or straight up, so that your hands are very obvious, and you say, "I don't have any hands." Um, and the person, it's just too much to deal with, and people are like, "Ah," and then you're gone because uh, you keep walking. And then it's over. I'm just going to keep saying no, thank you. I don't have any hands. Um, <laughs> all right, we'll move on. Um, so getting to talk to Ben Olson today, um, I mentioned that in the previous segment that Eric Sorga got to play a part in the preseason game. Um, now uh, Olson says now they've had time to observe Sorga because before it was all, you see him on video, you see the data behind it. Um, but you, you still only have, it's a concept rather than a real sense of the player. And now that they've had him in training, he says that Sorga actually has a lot of qualities that are very similar to what Ola Kamara brings. He brought up, um, he's got a sort of a fox in the box kind of mentality. Um, he's scored a ton of goals in the Estonian league. Um, he also, I thought this was really interesting. Olsen did not rule out playing them either as either a strike pairing or playing with Sorga underneath. Um, he didn't specify. Interesting. That, he didn't specify four, two, three, one with that, but I was very, you know, it reminded me of seeing um, in friendlies, for example, Gordon wild playing the 10 in a four, two, three, one, where he's kind of a second forward, kind of an attacking midfielder. 
Um, and so that's what I think that they would be talking about if they wanted to play them as a pair. I'm putting it in scare quotes. I think it might be more four two three one with Sorga as a ten, but he's really a second forward rather than a playmaker. I mean, the problem with having them both on the field at the same time is that you have no forwards on your bench, which is a noted deficiency we have all talked about. But you're really leaving yourself thin at that point. I mean, I I, I think that only comes up when, in, unless Sorga proves to truly be the Estonian Messi. Um, I I think that that's a lineup choice that only comes up when players like Flores and Areola are are out for Adam, international duty. I have a question. Do you think we could DC United could run the gamut on signing the the most players who describe who are described as their country's Messi? Has anyone outside of DC United fans actually called Sorga Estonian Messi? I thought that was just an inside joke referencing. Or Samsir si- Alam, uh, the Indonesian Messi. Samsir Alam, I think, was legitimately considered by yeah, many that people. Nickname, that nickname came before he came here. He already had that nickname. Yeah, I think I think Sorga being called that is just DC United fans and reporters referencing Samsir <laughs> Alam. For, for what it's worth, Sorga does not play off a style of play that is likely in El Messi. His approach to the game is not false nine. It is true nine. Um, so come up with somebody else. There are other guys that have scored goals. We can think of something else. It doesn't have to be Messi. Apparently All right, so he's the Estonian Drogba. Apparently there's there a go. League of Legends player called Estonian Messi. <laughs> <laughs> Learn something new every day. Fantastic. All right. Uh, so to speed the rest of this segment up, uh, we are going to have what we know on the show as Ben lightning round. What in the world was that? Uh, it's lightning round. It's lightning. All right. Round. We'll start with the, the injuries and absentees. Uh, Flores and Assad are doing work on the side. Flores closer to 100% Assad still in line to possibly play as recent as soon as the Philadelphia union game worth noting Flores now has his visa. He is lightning uh, round. Flores has his visa. He's here. It's good. Ben, uh, Assad, not as necessary. Hope he's healthy soon. All right. Uh, Donovan pines didn't train, uh, walked out of the treatment room with a taped up ankle, uh, was wandering around, just like that for a while, but when he left, he was in a protective boot. Thanks, I hate we it. Have t- we have too few center backs. Sign more. <laughs> yes, uh, Ben Ben's nailed it. Um, uh, Fred Briant didn't train with the group. He was there. It looked like he did a workout of some kind. Who the uh, hell was playing center back in this? Aaron Mond. We'll get to Aaron Mond in a minute. Um, so Briant was there. He does not appear to have any injury. I. I'm speculating that this was a rest day, uh, given his age. Um, any other thoughts? Old. We have too few center backs. Sign more. Old. <laughs> ben, ben, you can't yell that at the next thing. Um, well, Kamara. now he has to. Yeah, I know. You ruined it, Adam. This is what hosting is like. <laughs> um, Ola Kamara didn't play the last two preseason games. He trained without any problem. No apparent physical issues whatsoever. He appears to be completely fine. Hooray. We have too few. We have too few forwards. I mean, center backs. I mean, forwards. sign more. 
Sign more above. Um, Josh Fowle, I think Steve Goff reported, has an ankle injury. I didn't see him anywhere at training today, but um, he is apparently in line to play for Loudon, so maybe it's not that important. I mean, Loudon's going to lose one of their their top prospects to DC United in Eric Sorga. So, <laughs> and we have two few. <laughs> stop injuring people. Sign more. <laughs> Sign more. Um, all right. Finishing up, uh, was was the lightning round for trialists. Uh, Aaron Mond was playing. You, you guys want to know who played center back? Aaron Mond played center back with the first team. It was him at right center back. Steve Burnbaum at left center back. That makes sense. Probably not enough. Cut him. Sign better. (laughs) Ben's Ben's living up to the lightning round here uh, in shining fashion. Uh, Finally, I mentioned this before. Carter Manley still playing as a six, despite his entire resume coming into this being as a right back, uh, actually showing some passing range in that spot that I did not expect to see. That's interesting but fullbacks are a position of need much more than defensive midfield. Swiss army knife, sign him. There you go. People cannot see Ben's hand actions there. Um, They can only be described as Will Ferrell or Molly Shannon esque. He's giving it everything he's got. Uh, I guess I'm committed to the lightning round. The the final thing I will say, no other new trialists or new faces of any kind, no Academy players that I didn't recognize. Everyone that was there was someone that you would expect to be there. Thanks. I hate it. I mean, Ben Olson did say that they would have a good idea who the group would be after that first stint in Florida. So it seems like that was for, for getting people up to speed physically and bringing in new faces to to evaluate and then from from here on it's about finalizing the group so uh we we did learn this week that the the mystery french trialist is less than 50 percent. it sounds like uh likely to to come we also learned the identity and i didn't write it down because i knew jason was going to be uh committing a coup yeah say Um, it again bakaye diabasi uh, apologies uh, to our French speaking listeners. I'm sure I did a bad job. He's a 30 year old Parisian born Mali international um, who DC United is willing to pay quite a bit of money for um, more than half a million dollars uh, to bring him over a few months early. Cause he's out of contract this summer. So he could be a summer reinforcement, even if he is not brought on at the start of the season, uh, his current club uh, in a relegation battle in France, not really keen to let him walk away just yet because they don't want to uh, go down. And he seems to be an important part of that. So it uh, sounds like that's not happening just yet, or at least it's unlikely to. Um, who knows what happens this summer? I will say that his team is uh, Amiens. Uh, if if our former writer, Caitlin Buckley, is listening, I'm sure she's laughing at any attempt at French from all of us. Um, um, yeah, maybe um, they are currently 19th out of 20 teams. They are five points from safety. They're they're uh, in the relegation zone at this point. Uh, League Un has a the t- bottom two are relegated. And then there's a relegation playoff for the team that finished is 18th. So they're four points from that. And then five points from gen- the actual safety area. I'm just annoyed that our options are 
this or Aaron Mond for the fourth center back on the team. And that there's not, at least so far as we know, hopefully Dave Casper is doing more work, but that as far as we know, these are the only current options. And I do not have a lot of confidence in USL level Aaron Mond right now. I mean, uh, my, my, my feeling on Aaron Mond is that as a fourth center back on the team, it's probably fine. Um, if he's playing more than five games, I might be a little concerned. Um, the plus side is that he's got a lot of MLS experience that you, you're not going to get from like random college draft pick or random guy who's played a couple seasons in USL and that's it. Um, the downside is that he's never broken through. He's 29. He hasn't broken through anywhere. He's bounced around the league spent last year with, uh, Charlotte independence. So, um, uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, USL is a good league. It, it's better than it used to be, but also MLS is better than it used to be. So the guys that are in his space, even though USL has gotten better, I, I don't think that um, those guys who are sort of towing the line between the two leagues, um, I don't know that they're any, any more viable than they used to be, but, you know, assuming everyone's healthy, it's probably not a problem, but Donovan Pines isn't healthy right now. Yeah. And Steve, I, and uh, uh, Briant is, like we have said, he's the oldest, or like we're about to say, actually, in, in time travel news, he is <laughs> the oldest projected DC United starter since Juan Manuel Pena in 2010. Ben, we're not recording this out of order. How dare you? <laughs> I, somehow both of you managed, slash, will manage. Uh, to pull back the curtain, and I didn't. I just and, want well, that noted for did. the record. Because can, can the, we do it further? Ours the segue from the lightning round to this segment was the smoothest thing we've ever managed. Oh um, yeah, Adam, Adam just took it and it was at, like, oh, I'll Adam just stepped do in at the perfect moment and carried us into the next next segment because I had no plan on how to get there. I just knew that at some point I had to tell Adam take the show back over. Uh, <laughs> and it's as smooth as we've ever managed to do, and I can't believe it. And, and like here we are talking we must about now, it. No, now like we got to take a We must explain it. Yeah, we got to take course. a victory lap now. We got to do our celebration. There is no joke without explaining it. Um, there is some news that we're not talking about, and that is the the CBA was agreed to by MLS and the Players Association. This is great news. Um, we won't go into depth here on it, but uh, if you listen to our episode with Mickey Turner earlier this year, um, it, it was. Uh, almost everything the players wanted um tam is at least the mandatory tam is being turned into general allocation money uh charter flights are going up uh player compensation across the board is going up uh the minimum salary is going to be over a hundred thousand dollars a year for for the senior roster by the end of the deal in 2024 and it was not that long ago only really a couple years ago that we were talking about if you're paying a player a hundred thousand dollars they have to be a starter on your team and now that is going to be the senior minimum in in five years and that is outstanding news for mls it's going to raise the quality of play it's going to make players uh better off as well um and it, it it's going to put pressure on on everyone in the league to to do better and it, that's a good thing uh and i'm here for it there's a lot more in in the CBA that you can find, uh, the Athletics done some great coverage of it. Um, 
and and you can find breakdowns all over the place, including from Mickey Turner at Sounder at Heart. So um, go check that stuff out. We, I think we that's may, it. We may even have a little bit on DC United players takes on the CBA from this training session that uh, fortunately everyone was very talkative because they leave for Florida tomorrow. So this is our last chance to really get them face to face. Well, site. look for that. I'm excited to read that, Jason. You didn't tell me that was coming. So now I'm excited to read that. Surprise. <laughs> and and on that happy, surprising note, uh, we're going to call this a segment. We will be right back to talk with Pablo Maurer. Stick around. It's filibuster. All right. Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to uh to assert your rights in that situation whether a boss mistreated you you were fired unfairly uh or 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 something worse happens ben in the district of columbia and northern virginia you know who to call right yeah you call the ehrlich law office because you have rights That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper, and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster welcome back to filibuster the black and red united podcast our guest tonight Needs no introduction for DC United fans. You've heard him on Open Wide for some soccer, though not in a minute. Uh, you, you've subscribed to The Athletic to read his written work, and you've probably asked him for car advice on Twitter. His name is Pablo Maurer, and he joins us now. Pablo, welcome to Filibuster. Thanks for having me. So it's, uh, it's good to be here, for sure. Uh, we got to ask, what are you drinking tonight? Nothing. I just had, although I did have, uh, I had... Uh, Three drinks at the hotel bar at Nashville SC's uh, hotel, the Renaissance. Uh, that cost me forty-seven dollars. Oh, um, yeah. So, uh, but but as of right now, no, I, I feel just fine though. So it's you know, no, no, no more <laughs> alcohol. Sorry. So Tampa Bar is famous for, uh, I guess, watching wedding or watching marriages dissolve in front of you. God, I, I sat down at a table in the uh, like the courtyard area just to sort of like try and kill some time, get some work done. And I sat at the first thing I heard is like a guy at the table next to me. And the first thing I heard was him saying, I mean, I know we're separated, but we can still have fun. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was just like, I need to walk. I, I actually got up and, and moved across the, uh, the patio and then witnessed like a drunk, angry, rich. Uh, hotel guests scream at hotel staff to quote turn the fire. He was like, "Light the fire pit! Light the fire pit!" It's like <laughs> it didn't happen. Nobody lit the fire pit. So you guys know. <laughs> ah, that poor man. Yeah, no fire. Uh, let's uh, let's start the segment with 
jerseys. MLS just released 26 jerseys, well, more than that, because the two expansion teams. Um, so I got to ask, who to your mind has the best look in MLS this year? And why is it DC United when they're wearing red shorts? Um, yeah, I think DC is actually up there. Uh, I think it's really probably, a. I would love to give Adidas and DC United a bunch of design credit and say that they like very uh, purposefully, um, you know, design this throwback look that sort of harkens back to the team's original kit, the 96, but I think it was probably more a happy coincidence. Um, I don't think there was a lot of thought put into it. Uh, Minnesota United obviously has a great kit with the, uh, the loon, on the front of it, I'm, I'm happy to see that uh, make a comeback. Um, who else? I mean, the rest of them are, are just not incredibly notable, you know, um, unless they're very bad. Um, <laughs> and yeah, the red shorts thing has been like, uh, I've never had something so stupid. <laughs> so much of my time and energy, but uh, I, I don't know if you saw thing for like six months. So <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw today that there was at least one photo from their media session of, of uh, Fred Briant wearing the red shorts for something the team was doing. Yeah. Um, so it, it, the tease continues. I think this is going to be a thing they're tormenting us with all season. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you this much and I've written as much um, the front office, you know, the team sort of designers and, the people involved in the jersey design process, they were real high on the red shorts. Certain longtime employees of the club, and the thing is there, there's only so many of those, so I've just narrowed it down <laughs> to like four people mm-hmm. um, were pretty insistent that um, that red uh, not be used as sort of a primary color in the kit, which is sort of, you know, I, the reason that was given to me was, you know, it's just not like we, you know, um, when you think of this club, you think of black, even though literally they're called the black and red repeatedly in text uh, and their shorts. The first two years of their existence were red. I could go on and on. Um, but the kit looks a thousand times better with red shorts than it does with black shorts. That's just my opinion. It it definitely pops with that. Like it, it kind of brings it together in a way that otherwise it's, it's just kind of black. What I loved about, the photo and Pablo, you tweeted that out. Um, the photo of Ola Kamara with the red shorts is also it um, to really go ninety six. It also had the white short or the white socks. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, to really go right, back yeah. to that original uh, look. Um, I don't know. I I I, I like the idea of them because the the other thing with that era was that it was like a mix and match thing. Like sometimes they would wear black shorts with the black jersey, and sometimes they would wear black socks instead of the white socks. Um, it wasn't a fixed thing because it, it doesn't have to be a fixed thing. Um, we, we don't have to live this way uh, as a league, but uh, I guess we do. Um, madness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I hope maybe like for open cup games or just sort of, uh, you know, occasional games during the year, they'll, they'll use them. I mean, I can't see them. If, if it's an option, I can't see them never using red shorts. Right. Um, I bet if they use the red shorts and they lose, you'll never see them again. <laughs> um, that's like a superstition that lots of people in sports have. And I think if I mean, people are predisposed to dislike the use of a shorts anyways, but, I mean, I, 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 we talked about this way too much already. <laughs> so <we're, laughs> it, it reminds me of, uh, I bought the, uh, 2011 third red Jersey. 
uh, with Chris Pontius's name on it. And the first time I actually got it and was able to wear it was the game that Chris Pontius broke his leg. Oh, so yeah. I understand the superstition part of it. Uh, we have not forgiven Ben for this. Yeah, I mostly remember those jerseys because the numbers and names were illegible on them. Were yeah. they like- it was like a, just a different shade of red or something, or was it just the same shade of red? It was black, but, but it wasn't but offset it was by anything, font. and the red was so dark. Yeah. Yeah. It was just impossible to... It was already no that contrast. terrible font as well. Like yes, that, that That arrow's font was already borderline illegible as a starting point. I have that... Um, uh, you're talking about the, the font that they use that said, like, this is soccer all the time. Yeah. I, have, mm-hmm. I definitely have that typeset. Um, <laughs> to me. So for a while, in like every parody Photoshop I would use, I would just use the this is soccer font. Um, I, I think you got to bring that back, honestly. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> um, let, let's talk about the TV deal that doesn't exist yet for DC United. We're, we're two and a half weeks out from this season starting, and we don't know where the games will be on TV. Uh, most recent report from from you is is that talks with NBC sports Washington have, have fizzled um, because they wanted to push several games, maybe half a dozen to uh, streaming platforms instead of airing them on television. DC mm-hmm. United after the flow FC debacle, obviously wary about pure streaming. Um, what's going on there? What can you add? Yeah. I mean, I, I think another important detail there is it's, it's monumental streaming service, which is a pay service. So it's not like, DC could say, "Hey, you know, they're they're going to broadcast all but seven games. It was, and um, and then the other seven are like on YouTube, you know, or on I don't know, like some free streaming service here. You know and I mean, YouTube or whatever else, um, or ESPN Plus, even that already a lot of people have. Uh, I think asking and it's cheaper for, than a lot of exactly smaller. It's um, I think uh, asking people to pay for another streaming service after what happened last year. I think even." Even decision makers of the club that have uh, sometimes shown not the soundest judgment in the past, uh, even they can sort of understand that that would be an incredibly stupid thing. Um, and, you know, I think we've this before. I think the, the club is inclined to go with NBC or they were inclined to go with NBC uh, Sports Washington because it's a proven uh, sort of product. They know what they're getting. They've broadcasted soccer before. They're obviously a former broadcast partner. Um, you know, the there's familiarity with the producers, the on-air talent, that sort of stuff. But uh, DC has always dealt with, uh, you know, when they were on CSN, for example, anything that has anything to do with the Wizards or the Redskins um, is obviously going to shove DC United to the side. And that's still obviously the, the even, you know, it's, even to this day, that's obviously the, the point. Um, you know, so I think, uh, uh, you know, I... I kind of would like to see them on Sports Washington because the production I think is better than Sinclair Fox is not unbearable, but uh, but I don't think it's going to happen. That's too bad. Um, I I remember with the the Sinclair thing, what was that four years ago now? Um, when they first moved to Sinclair, yeah. how twenty sixteen, twenty fifteen, yeah. But I remember being optimistic because they they had this network of broadcast stations they had uh sub channels they um they were building out asn the american sports network at the time the plug on which has been pulled uh and now it's just like oh sinclair that terrible company that 
produced such a bad product last time. That's our last best hope for just yeah, a minimally I mean, competent. I was told by somebody at the club um, who's familiar with all this that that Sinclair's under new ownership. Um, so there might be some sort of a difference. And then I, I'd also heard just sort of in the mill the past week or so that that United was suggesting they're going to do like a weekly show as well too. But honestly, man, that's like... I, How I, many years I, in a row have we heard that? Yeah, right. I throw in the same bin with like they're going to finish the roof. Um, <laughs> at some point, it's like you, you hear the same uh, bit of information so many times it doesn't happen that you just kind of roll your eyes. Um, so I don't know if that would be even something that would be considered, but um, I don't know. I mean, nothing they choose will be worse than flow. It was like, yeah. uh, so undescribably bad uh, uh, and like poorly executed that, that I can't imagine anything that they're, they're going to come with. is going to be worse than that. So nowhere to go, but up is what you're saying. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure they could find a way to go. Down. <laughs> I, I got it. Thing, you know, Give us the the midweek show, and then it will be worse. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. that's the only way it could get worse is by giving us the midweek show. But I do want them to give us the midweek show. I don't know that I even want a midweek DC United <laughs> show. You know what I mean? I don't. I, I get enough of those people already. I think. <laughs> uh, I don't know what insight anyone's going to share into whatever's going on. You know, but I, I think I'm good without the. the that's it's like such a thing from my childhood, like the coaches show. Yeah. Um, so weird. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I grew up in Southern Indiana and it was always college basketball coaches. And yeah. at the time it was Gene Katie, Bobby Knight, um, Bobby Rick Knight, Pitino, and it was like, and, and, and it was always, the sponsors were always like reeking dink local sponsors um, that you had no idea. These guys were essentially national celebrities on, on at least some level. And it was always like, you know, Tom's grocery, and yeah, car wash. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was bizarre. That, that's when there were only like four channels to watch. It, it, ben, this was the nineties. It was not that. It was okay, not six channels. <laughs> <laughs> aren't aren't coaches shows usually something where like callers get to call in? Yeah, they were back then. That would be wild. Can um, you picture Rudy Benny sitting down? Washington. This is Rudy from Washington D.C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that would be all the calls. Um, it would yeah. just be, it would be one person angry on like seven phones that they bought specifically to call into the coaches show. Um, <laughs> it would be, it would, we would only see it once, but it would be uh, pretty spectacular. I think. Yeah. Because they need to have a competent person manning the switchboards, you know, so a lot Bob, of uh, numbers. Yeah. Do you know, are they, is the team, Interested, concerned, worried, thinking about like a- ancillary things like broadcast outside of the direct DMV or blackouts or anything like that? Or are they just worried about getting on air anywhere right now? I think uh, their time and their, you know, the hours sort of getting late here. You know, I mean, I think yeah. just the more broadcast area to, to uh, other deals in the past, obviously, it's sort of like a parts of Maryland down to Richmond, you know, then out West away is, I don't think there's a ton of thought being put into that. I'm disappointed. I know um, I'd written maybe six months ago. They had talked to Amazon prime um, about mm-hmm. doing like a separate streaming deal, which um, honestly, most people that I know already have an Amazon prime membership. And, um, you know, I think it would have been 
Um, what I'm saying is I would love for the team to have a supplementary streaming deal. Like I would love yes. for the team to offer the option of, of even if it costs $4 a month of being able to stream the matches. And I know they were thinking about doing that for a while. Also, for example, with NBC sports, Washington, um, I, I had heard apparently didn't pan out that maybe there would be able to stream matches through the, you know, Univision's app. Um, some of these other, uh, you know, like Fox, I don't know, maybe they could work something out with, um, with the Fox sports app. I'm not sure, but you know, I'd love to see something like what Cincinnati has or what um, Seattle had for a long time until um, they ended their relationship with YouTube where, you know, you could, you could do one or the other. I would probably end up streaming most of the games, honestly. You know, so. Oh, for sure. Is there any talk at this point about um, Spanish language broadcast? That was one of the things they highlighted when they signed the flow deal is that they would have English and Spanish commentary. And it's not whatever, something they've had in a long time. They've been talking about for years and yeah. uh, I've rolled my eyes on. I mean, the, the story there last year, for example, with flow, um, I never wrote this, but this is what happened. They definitely talked to, they were, they were good. They were trying to do Spanish language commentary on flow and also a Spanish language radio feed on El Zol's HD two channel. Um, if you even know what that means, apparently with like high definition radio, you can, they're, you know, tune to a frequency and then there's multiple channels within that frequency. Um, anyways, they, they had reached out to a local to you know, to look for talent to the broadcast and they, a didn't really want to pay very much and B they wanted the person to simulcast basically that they would call the game for TV and then just broadcast it on radio or vice versa. I'm not sure how it works, but um, I'm told by friends who call games that that never works. Uh, so yeah. Oh, yeah, that's no. what um, that's what Sirius XMFC does for MLS games and U.S. national team games that they they carry is they just take the Fox feed and, and so put it in. So it's just it doesn't work at all because you're one of them. You're letting the visual do a lot of the talking for you, and the other one you have to paint the picture. Yeah. So, so that fell apart with that. I mean, I, I, I'll give the, the club some credit. I think they've had more Spanish language content on their own content channels, social media, whatever this year than they have had in years or doing. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. got an email from um, a comms associate at DC the other day. They're doing a Spanish language media day for the, I mean, that's the first time I can remember them doing one in probably eight, nine years. Um, the club is making some very real efforts to re-engage. I actually have a long piece coming out on on, on DC's sort of failure in recent years to connect with Latinos and, and, and the DMV. But um, I think they are making some real efforts. But when it comes to Spanish language broadcasts, that would be wonderful. D- do I think it'll happen? No, you know, based on what's happened in previous years. But I would I would love to be proven wrong. So. I uh, I guess last thing before we we let you go, what are your thoughts on the off season, uh, player wise and soccer wise for DC this year? Uh, I mean, I think they've the Flores signing to me is huge. The Flores signing on the field and off of it, I think uh, it has the potential to be better for the club on the field and business wise than Wayne's signing was. Um, it it you know like obviously he's a much younger player gives the, the club um, a huge chance to re-engage with Hispanics. Once again, I hate to keep uh, flogging that, but it's true. Um, it's worth flogging. Like yeah, it's, yeah, it's a big yeah. deal. I think he uh, he's an excellent replacement for a player like Lucho 
Um, not that he's a like for like, but I mean, as far as the type of player goes, he, I often write that he passes sort of the eye test. He's like a, um, a YouTube highlight compilation type player, right? Which if the team is still trying to appeal to casual fans, in addition to sort of its diehards, it's important to have players like that. Um, uh, elsewhere, I mean, I think they need, uh, another defender, obviously. Um, I, I think they need another forward. I mean, like, I don't know anything about, like, the, you know, Eric Sorga. I mean, he could be – we've seen players like that do really well in MLS. We've seen players like that um, fizzle out, you know. But um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I would say I'm just, like, adequately whelmed by the offseason. Um, but one thing's for sure, they've obviously gone out and started spending money. So that's that's a good sign, I think, if you're a United fan. So should address a long time gripe, you know. And so perfectly cromulent signs of progress. How do you guys feel? It's, I, mean, I, I know you talk about this frequently without me, but I'm just curious, you know. Yeah. So for me, it's it. I'm right there. So there's been some really exciting additions. Gressel's huge, I think. Um, yeah, especially right. getting him locked down to a longer term deal. Yeah. Um, that's a great move. Uh, I love having Assad back. Um, I want him to get healthy. Um, Kamara, I think, is is exactly the right type of of center forward, but there's not enough depth, and for all the flexibility and attack, there's not a lot in behind them right now on the back line. If you yeah, want to change things up, it it's hard to do that when you only have three center backs on the roster. For sure, and I think another concern too is I sort of pressed that on this, uh, you know, and it was actually a, uh, what I was talking about earlier. Julian's unveiling when we talked about. It, I pressed him on it. I think. Yes, of course. It's great that you have Russ Knauss, um, that he has the flexibility to play at right back, or that Paul can play as wing back or whatever. Neither one of those guys like doing that, right? Like, this is not, you know, they will tell you that. Um, yeah. Uh, especially somebody like Russ, who is trying to work his way back into the national team picture. I don't think he wants to play right back, but bottom line is, I guarantee you, we see him there um, to start the season, at least, you know. Um, I think obviously uh, Ben has Ben will say he has a lot of faith in, in um, Chris Adoyasim and, and also um, O'Neill Fisher, but um, you know uh, Russ was so good there at the end of last year that I can't see um, I can't see I cannot see Ben pulling him off uh, pulling him off the field instead of playing him right back. So I have concerns like that. I mean, I think in um, they're they're. Obviously, I have like an embarrassment of riches in midfield, but you look at the back line. Um, I, I got to be honest with you. I think uh, Fred Briant sort of a question mark to me too. I mean, I know he had oh for sure. Um, he had a good year last year, and and I, I was surprised to see that they um, brought him back for a couple more. I mean, I um, I'm not trying to be like one of these guys who's like oh once you turn you know 32 or 33 you're washed. But um, I mean, I'm gonna. I was looking it up. I think he is the oldest projected DC United center back since Juan Manuel Pena in 2010. Well, there you go. I mean, so to me, it's just like, we've seen, we've seen other guys across the league, especially center backs who have one, once they've got up in years, they've sort of like lost a step, started committing stupid fouls. You know, like uh, I just, that that's a point of worry to me. And again, I, I would, if you're a United fan, I'm sure you'd love to see me proven wrong and I, it wouldn't be the first time I'm wrong all the time, you know, but, but for me, certainly I look across the back line and I'm like, 
Um, really only Mora is the only one who to me seems like a, and, and Steve obviously, you know, seems like um, a really, truly adequate player positionally, you know, so. Mora's gonna be, and Mora will be one of many gone in June for CONCACAF Nations League. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I think there are a lot of question marks. I think there's a lot to be excited about, but I think um, the the two extremes of the pitch, you know, the back line and the front line, I think you you have some question marks, you know. Um, I think all that's going to do great. I don't – people I, – I, I laugh too. I get a lot of – on Twitter people are like – how do they expect, you know, Ola Kamara to replace Wayne Rooney? Well, I mean, like statistically, he's actually not a bad fit. Um, he's not going to have like second half of 2018 rate Wayne Rooney numbers, but you'd have a hard time finding a more consistent MLS goal scorer over the past, you know, three or four years. Um, so to me, to me, I think that's like a great fit. I just think certainly the team is lacking depth in certain areas, you know. Yeah, on Ola, I was I remember just thinking it's like he's not a guy who's going to score a bunch of highlight real goals, but he will score a bunch of goals. And then his first goal for DC United is, <laughs> you know, a cutback curler from right. 20 yeah. yards. <laughs> right. So it's yeah. like, oh, well, maybe he's going to do more stuff than we thought. And then he scored at exactly the same uh, rate over four games that he did for his entire MLS career. It's if the guy is perfectly though, consistent. It's remarkable. His his other goals were like straight up garbage goals. Um it was uh, both against Montreal. It was one shot that it was a free kick that hit the wall and fell right to him, and he just popped, <laughs> just put it away. And the other one was another one that clipped a defender and fell right to him, and he put it away again. Um, but as trash I, is repeatable. As, as I always tell people, like a guy that scores twenty garbage goals and doesn't give you any highlights that are like, wow, that was a great technical goal. Who cares? Um, yeah, those are awesome, but also like the guy that scores twenty garbage goals is going to lead you to success. Um, if you're scoring garbage that, goals, uh, the Estonian Messi, who is yeah. a wild card. <laughs> uh, so I get, I get to we'll, we'll um, where I guess uh, so I guess I'm going to give away that we're recording this out of out of uh, sequence. But uh, we've talked about Eric Sorga <laughs> already earlier in the show that we okay. haven't recorded yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Sorgo was at training and, uh, Ben Olsen compared him. He said, there's actually a lot of now that they've got him. Cause they've only, he's only been there for like a week. Um, tell me, tell me he used the phrase like poor man's Hamdi Salihi. No, uh, unfortunately <laughs> Salihi didn't come up and we haven't yet had a chance to ask Sorgo about how he feels about being close to a cow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whether he's okay with being near a cow or if he has wants nothing to do with it. Um, but Olsen did compare him. He said that there's a lot of similarities to how Sorga plays uh, as uh, as to how Kamara plays. Um, yeah. So, and, and he looks, I mean, he he doesn't look like a guy who's coming out of his offseason. Uh, I'll say that much. He, he looks like someone who's been training really hard. So at least there's that. Have you have you seen uh, that the team he played for in, in Estonia, uh, Flora or whatever it was, um, mm-hmm. I have to double check this, but I looked at they won the league. Obviously, he was the league's leading goal scorer, and their goal differential was like plus ninety three or something like Whoa. that. Whoa! It was just some, it wasn't that, but it was like something equally absurd. You know, I, uh, I think I think they're one of those like, and we see this sometimes in Comcast where, yeah, like one club team has like eight of the national team starters. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think this is one of those situations. Uh, the, the club uh, Flora Tallinn, um, 
Yeah, I think they're one of those teams that it's like, if you look at the Estonia national team Wikipedia page, you'll probably see their uh, their name pop up on most of the players because that's yeah. just, it's the one club that's good at developing players, probably. Right. Their goal difference was plus 89. Yeah. God damn, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking nuts. That's yeah, I, I, I'm re- I reminded of, um, I played... I played two sports in my entire life, organized sports. One, uh, one was soccer. That was almost all of them. I played one season of baseball. Uh, my dad's friend started a baseball league and they needed players. And he was like, you got to go play baseball. Um, <laughs> and someone else involved in organizing the league basically picked all of the good baseball players that were in it. Like he knew the kids that were good. And so he assembled like an all-star team. And then the rest of the teams were just like random kids. And so that team beat everyone by like 30 runs every single game. Uh, It was totally pointless. Like they demolished us. They demolished everybody. Um, And this is like the, they're like the Flora tell-in of like 1990 and Arundel County Baseball League. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's that's your next lawn form subject, Pablo. (laughs) I did the water fountain. Now it's time to do the story of the uh, Anne Arundel I can't do it. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's not, it's not no. interesting. It's yeah. less interesting no. than what I already said. I mean, the, the water fountain that. story, um, we, we should shout out. If if you haven't subscribed to The Athletic, do it just for that story and then stick around for the rest of Pablo's work because it's it's really good. I attempt to find the next white whale, which never comes to me. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, I, I plan on going down there to um, to carry to cover the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I, the first thing I'm going to do when I get down there this time is I'm going to see if your plaque uh, is still in place or not. Yeah, as um, of, uh, somebody tweeted at me like last week, and it's still there. <laughs> awesome, amazing. No, but somebody also said that the water fountains they shut them off in like October or November, and they turn it back on in like March. And I'm part of me is worried that just like nobody's seen it, and that when they go to try and turn the water fountain back on, um, they're going to business, but. But I think uh, I think if it's still there now, it's not going to get torn off. And and honestly, man, I I thought to myself, if I ever get back down towards there, I'm just going to take a, a electric drill and a couple rivets and just take the water fountain. Say fuck, it. you know, like if they want to arrest me for doing this, like uh, oh no, not take the water fountain. We <laughs> fix the plaque to the water fountain with like rivets and some other it, shit. Yeah. Right now, I just use plastic tape. Maybe we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk when we get off air about this plan hypothetically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think the would make an excellent getaway vehicle. If I'm being <laughs> well, it's, well. It, it definitely will start and go. Yeah, yeah. That's all I can say for it. Yeah. Well, to that end, I think we'll end it. Pablo, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, uh, for for the one Rube who hasn't followed you on social media, where can they do that? It's uh, at MLSist. It's uh, a dumb screen name that I wish I could change now, but, but <laughs> once people verify they don't let you change your handle, I guess you lose the check mark. And yeah. if I lose the check mark, I lose all of my power and most of my self esteem. So I can't do that. Um, but it's at MLSist or at Pablo Mauer on Instagram. Find us at blackandredunited.com, patreon.com slash filibuster if you want to throw some money our way. Uh, we're on Twitter at filibusterdcu, at blackandredu. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. 
download, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Mostly, though, just tell a friend about the show. It's the best way to get the word out. Uh, For Jason and Ben and thanking Pablo one more time, I'm Adam, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. I am cursed with the knowledge that the all-star baseball team beat my team 35 to 3. No mercy rule. No. No.